Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a no idea. <laughs> I, I didn't that. know you were, but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267-22-Jiggy. Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? I want to be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy, play guitar. Jeff, it's a great name, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and, uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Welcome to our next edition of the world-famous Chiggy Jaguar Radio Broadcast, coast-to-coast and boda-to-boda on the tune-in, on the iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and the brand-new Jiggy Jaguar app available on the App Store. JiggyJaguar.us, you can stream the show live, 24-7 replay, exclusive news, and programming information. It is the Wednesday edition of our broadcast. Jeff Cantor is going to be our guest here in just a few moments. I am trying to dial his number on Skype audio. And we are going to go to him here in just a few seconds. Jeff Cantor is going to join us. Jeff is absolutely Hello, amazing, Jeff. and there is Jeff. How are you, my friend? It's James Lowe from iHeartRadio. How are you today? Hey, hi there. How are you? <laughs> Pretty good, actually. I am uh, glad that we were able to, to get you on the Skype today. We've got uh, Jeff Cantor with us today. He is the co-founder of My Academy of Health Excellence, putting health back into health care, control Medicare expenses, any doctor or any hospital. And uh, we are going to chat with him today here on our broadcast. We are going to pull in. Our other our other panelists here, IQL Rizzoli, and of course uh, the best-selling author, uh, Mr. Dan Perkins, who uh, I know is going to have some uh, some some questions here for uh, for Jeff. Also, Don Mazella as well is going to join us, and um, we are going to go and bring them in here now. Uh, as I mentioned, Jeff Cantor is a co-founder of My Academy of Health Excellence. It's putting health back into healthcare. It's control medical medical expense. Any any doctor or any hospital, and uh, I believe IQL Rizzoli has joined us. How are you, sir? I am fine. Happy New Year! <laughs> thank you, thank you. And uh, we are patiently waiting on Dan and Don uh, to join us here. And uh, Jeff Cantor is going to be our featured guest here uh, here on our uh, big broadcast today. And uh, it is a, uh, I guess it is a New Year's uh, edition. I guess is what what we, what we could say. Um, Jeff, first of all, tell us a little bit about your organization and uh, all the different things that you do with your organization. Okay, thank you. And, and hello to everybody, and Happy New Year as well. Um, you can find all the particulars about the organization as far as what it will do for your health and, and all the rest of that at our regular website, which is healthexcellenceplus.com. That's the actual name of the product. 
But the idea is it's, it's to recapture the original idea of healthcare, which was a bottom-up approach. Every single thing else that's out there largely is designed around these days. The, top, the idea of a top-down approach that they're going to dictate pricing, they dictate you know, who you go to, a whole array of other things are controlled by others, and not only are they restricting the consumer, but they're also dictating to the doctor what they're to do as well. And so realistically, the, what people prefer is for them and the doctor to be in control of the situation and everything else to be ancillary and supportive of that relationship. So that's the, really the, the core of what we're doing. Obviously, that requires different tools and whatnot, and so we can get into to that. But the bottom line for the consumers, I want something that puts me in control, that's well-priced, that lets me utilize and go anywhere I wish, and that it's simple and easy to use. And so those are the key operative things that we're doing. Yes. Now, um, you, you were mentioning that, uh, that, that, that there's a lot of uh, details here. Go into some of these details. Certainly. Well, you know, in, in your health world, there's a lot of aspects to it. We tell everybody you need a healthy care strategy, not a, you know, some simplistic singular product. You know, it's like if, if you have a home, you have homeowners, well, that's hardly the strategy for your house. That protects it from being burnt down. But what about mowing the lawn and everything else? You need to have a, a strategy around that, too. And same like your health. I, I, it's great to have something that's going to pay for a heart attack or a broken leg. Okay. <laughs> we lost. We lost. We are going to go back to Jeff Cantor. He is going to join us on the uh, Skype audio here in just a few moments. We are going to see if we can pull up Jeff Cantor. And uh, what we are going to do is we are going to make sure that we have no conflicts in our... Um, we're going to make sure we have zero conflicts with this so I can make sure that I can get Jeff Cantor in here. Um, going to go back to it and see if we can get Jeff Cantor. Had some Skype issues there, but hopefully Jeff Cantor can join us back here. And uh, I believe IQ Al Rizzoli has rejoined us. How are you, sir? And there's Jeff. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. We had we had, we had a Skype. Uh, we uh, Skype went ahead and rebooted on me. So. Okay. I think it was my cell. No, 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 no. You're fantastic, Jeff. No, we sound. We, you sound excellent. We've got Don Mazzella joining us as well. Um, now, um, now, Jeff. Um, let, let's let's talk about this unusual merger of drugstores, insurers, and hospitals. I want to cover this, and then I want you to kind of, after, after we get this covered with our uh, panelists, Don Mazella and IQ here, um, Don's provided us some topics, and I'd like you to ride shotgun with us and give us some details on those as well. But uh, t- tell us about this merger that the New York Times was reporting on the other day. Well, you know, it's definitely an excellent move on the part of those organizations for themselves. I mean, what could be better than being as vertical as you can? They'll make money on, you know, the insurance. They'll make money on the pharmaceuticals. I mean, or whatever, hospitals having insurance. Anybody else that's going into that stuff, it's great for them. But how good is that going to be for you or me? That's where the danger is really going to lie because, as we may have discussed on another show, the reality is that if it's like an Amazon or this company's buying, they have to be more efficient and bring down 
pricing and drive up quantity capabilities. That's great for the consumer. But what's the motivation behind what's happening with these types of mergers? Is it to get to that kind of outcome for you or me? Or is it to butter the bread a little thicker on that, on their side of the bread? Okay, Don, give us give us your take on that. Don Mazzella, can you hear us, my friend? I think we might have lost Don there. Um, we've got, uh, I, I believe, IQ Rizzoli with us still. What 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 do you make of this topic, IQ? Well, really, what I wanted to ask was not the New York Times. It's about obesity. Yes. Obesity in America. Because we're discussing health. And obesity is one of the most catastrophic occurrences in the United States of America. Am I right or am I wrong? Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yes it is. Jeff, as a healthcare expert, speak to that. Well, it is. I mean, because, again... Look at the nature of what's going on. It's not a bottom-up mentality. Everyone's marketing to us, consumers. Everything on TV is go ask your doctor, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Nowhere, like I was saying before we fell apart there on our call, was the fact that it's got to be between me and my doctor working on my particular problem. Yes. Everybody else seems to be peddling solutions and so on. But the reality of mass manufacturing has led to this obesity and diabetes and all the rest of these issues because no one understands how to eat properly and we're all just trying to be convenient and we assume everyone's looking out for our best benefit. Uh, the ultimate scam I just heard about just this last week was the, the, the problem they're having with people buying pesticide-infected you know, veggies and then going on the weekend and upcharging and selling that stuff as if it's organic at farmer's markets. <laughs> so the consumer really needs to be uh, completely aware of everything that they're engaged in and unless they're on the ground from the bottom up, they're never going to get that luxury to be in control. So what he's talking about, it's just going to proliferate if we persist on this bottom, bottom down, I'm sorry, this top-down track that we're on. Can I jump in here? Yes, go ahead, Don. Jump in there. Um, you know, uh, what he's saying is absolutely correct. Uh, when I lost uh, 20, 28 pounds, uh, th thanks to a, um, a, uh, a drug called Wellcall, which I recommend to everybody, um, uh, uh, everything, uh, my entire uh, diabetes, my uh, blood sugar, every, everything my, uh, uh, w went way down. Then um, after I had my spinal surgery, it went up again. And I'm fighting it back down. So we all know that uh, weight loss uh, and uh, walking every day uh, are two key factors to good success. Yet most Americans don't do it. Uh, it it's a sad uh, commentary. And um, uh, what I think is even worse but um, is the fact, uh, in my view, Obamacare is here to stay because um, uh, Congress... Uh, did away with the thing that irked people most, which was uh, the fact that they were required to have health care, but didn't uh, do away with a lot of the other issues, uh, which are just as important, uh, such as uh, you uh, you couldn't re uh, refuse them, uh, refuse uh, uh, new patients, etc. Does um, uh, would our guests like to comment on that? Certainly, and I think what, what it may have a, a, some incarnation when you say it's here to stay, but the reality is what it's allowing now is to things sort of move back towards some 
market concept where people can buy short-term coverage and other versions of insurance or forego you know, some of the stuff that's comprehensive and just get catastrophic coverage because, you know, I can pay for the little stuff, but I'm fearful of the big hospital bill. So it's going to start to get some market flexibility back into, the, into you know, our reality. Um, and that has to accelerate. I mean, because the problem really is that there's the, the biggest challenge by far is the fact that the government is trying to somehow be involved. They well, can't that's seem a to leave any part of it alone. And, and I always like to show the one thing that has largely been left untouched by government since its inception, and that's LASIK eye surgery. And, and, the, and the reality of it is that the quality has gone up, the cost has gone down, it's proliferated, the technology's improved, and insurance has never paid for it along the way, and the government's pretty well left it alone other than making sure they're not hurting people. And, and look at how great it's become. Why is none of that innovation occurring in all these other facets of medicine? Because, again, it's top-down whatever channel you choose. Is it government top-down? Yeah. Is it insurance top-down, corporate top-down? Everybody's got their finger in that pie, but you and me as the consumer or the doctor, and I do, it's all supposed to help us, and, and it really is not even addressing us directly on what we want or prefer. And, of course, having all those extra layers between me and my provider or whatever it is that I think I've got, how's that going to make anything cheaper? It's going to make it more expensive, and they always have one you know, simplicity in mind. I in a prior incarnation, I used to work with an organization where they had a singular buyer, and then they went to buying by committee. And the minute they shifted to buying by committee, nothing would pass muster. When the one person was the buyer, everything was a reflection of their personality and their eye. And their eye. But with committee, no one could offend anybody, so therefore, vanilla, that was about it. Anything else, forget it. You know, we couldn't have that. And the same happens here, too. Governments want to keep it controlled and quantifiable. Look at all that ITC coding. I mean, how crazy is that becoming? What's going to be the next? What's going to be ITC 11 codes? I can't wait to see what those will be. <laughs> so, you know, it's all about big data and all this control. And their thought process is maybe we can get rid of the doctor altogether. If we smarten up those analytics and get that AI cooking, we can tell the doctor, you know, in two weeks this person's going to have this back issue. And here's what you start prescribing them or do for them today. And the doctor doesn't mean anything in the equation anymore. And that's kind of where it seems like it's going to try to go if we don't take back control of it. So it comes down to you and me as consumers getting back in charge and not continually looking to somebody or some other thing to fix it. Because I got news for you, they never will because there's no vested interest in them in doing that whatsoever. You sound suspiciously like a consumer-directed healthcare person, but I think you go far beyond that. Uh, am I correct? Well, I am, because it's not like it's just where you're know, treating everyone else with abandon. I mean, you need to be all-inclusive like you describe. But, you know, any doctor worth their salt will typically tell you that if I give this same medication to 10 different people, I'm going to get 10 different reactions from them. So everything needs to be customized around that patient. And, and really more in truth, if we really want to get better controls, it's, it's about outcomes. So that really means, and I don't mean like outcomes like, oh, you know, you're too old for me to give you this hip replacement type of a mentality, which is kind of what the single-payer approach typically is, but that it has to be towards disease curing, not just managing sy symptoms indefinitely, because that's profitable for big pharma or anybody else to, to have you die in a slow fashion. But better if they can get you off that diabetic medication or, or let you get rid of that obesity and not have to go to the extreme maybe of going bariatric surgery. There's, there's less extreme things we can try to do. But there's more money to be made 
delivering those types of services. So that's why I said the bottom-up approach is the only way that's going to work, and there's a lot of doctors and providers and all kinds of organizations that can't wait to give high-quality care without trying to take advantage of everybody's situation where the profit motive is the only thing that's come into play anymore because look at how they've decimated the doctors in the hospital environment. When it was a patient doctor office, it was great, but the minute they became an automaton of a hospital where they've got 15 minutes and then it's next, where's that passion? Where's that, that soul in that doctor's office? Completely gone. I might as well be just buying rice and beans down at the grocery store because that's exactly the same personal involvement that there is any longer if that persists. Can I, Jiggy, can I ask another question? Oh, yeah, jump in there, my friend. Jump in there. Um, um, with the average uh, deductible now approaching $5,000, and what is it? Depending on what, which figure, over 70% of all Americans never, never spend above uh, $1,700 uh, in annual uh, expenses. Um, is, is anything but catastrophic insurance really necessary? You know, in some respects, it isn't. I mean, you know, the, the truth of it is you really need to have a strategy. I mean, that's the, the pretext that we've designed our programs around is that, you know, just having the insurance or anything that's going to pay for some large medical bills is great because you really do need to protect your financial well-being, and that's really what it's to do. But as I was indicating before, if we talk about a house or a car, there's a lot of this maintenance stuff that has to take place, which has a cost to it as well. And then also how frequently do people remember to check the air in their tires and every other kind of thing. So it needs to be designed into what it is that they've got that in the end may pay for that big hospital bill, but it's built on a daily proactive basis because unless I have a track to run on or a mechanism or some you know, reward system or something to remind me or however you want to kind of frame it, all those little aspects of it, you need that. And then you also need to be prepared for contingencies. So simple example, you know, we make sure that it incorporated as a 24-hour-a-day doctor. And a lot of people say, well, what do I need that for? I never go to the doctor. But lo and behold, it gets to be a well-used product because people suddenly get sick on a Saturday and realize, oh, you know what, I can call a doctor right now. So you really have to have all the right tools to cover every type of person there is, but again, work on that individualized basis, which is the essence of all of this stuff. And then lo and behold, what we've found and what our prices reflect, it's a lot cheaper when you're proactive than if you wait till disaster always strikes. It's a lot cheaper to change the oil in your engine than it is to buy a new engine for your car. And that's exactly how we function in the medical world. We're waiting for the engine to break, and then we say, huh, maybe you should get a bypass you know, a triple bypass or something. Why did we wait till it got to that level? You're so right. Um, but uh, let me ask you then the other question. What are you going to rep recommend that the, the, uh, the, the Republicans in control right now should do? <laughs> That's a great one. We should ask of the government to do the one thing they're unable to do, which is to leave us alone. But short of that... They really need to kind of follow the guidelines that, that Rand Paul has put out there. I mean, he's a doctor, and, and the other couple medical professionals that are in Congress have had similar thought processes. And you really need to open it up more, and one of the real simple ways to do it is to expand what you can do with an HSA. And for those who mm -hmm. don't really know about it, because a lot of people have not popularized those, and they've really become kind of 
bad situation with health insurance because they're only tied to plans with incredibly high deductibles, not all that many people willing to take, so they don't get a chance to get to a health savings account. But all of the things that you normally could not necessarily pay with your health insurance, you know, the, the deductible like you described, or maybe I needed to get my kids some braces or whatever, I could use my health savings account to write all of that off on my taxes. And that would hold true over and above the new tax bill that took place. So what we're proposing is maybe if they opened that up even further and let consumers pay for their monthly premium with their health savings account would dramatically change and make it far more affordable, you know, the use of these products. Then there's other issues that would help foster the cost coming down. But just the restrictions the government's putting on consumers on how and where they're allowed to spend their money is, is causing problems in our world as far as costs going up. So there's a lot of things that can be done, in other words. Well, you know, uh, but, uh, but they're going to have to fight because, you know, the problem is just to finish the point, because they're going to have to battle it out with the other party at the very least against any constituents wants. And, of course, people want everything and they don't understand that things have a cost and they want to appease everybody because I'm going to be reelected. So that's why it's best if they try to get out of it. But if they can't, then let's open it up enough where we have more control of our dollars because at least the consumer can use the dollars where it's smarter for them to spend it. And then if we provide them those places to go to spend smarter, they will. But right now they don't have any latitude with these dollars. It's all tied up. You're very true, but the, uh, across my desk came a, a story today that um, uh, the the uh, insurance companies are really going to benefit from the various changes coming on uh, coming down the pike, and that uh, uh, in the end they will become more profitable. What do What do you say to that? Well, yeah, I, I would concur. I could have guessed that before he even broached it, because who wrote all these bills? They did. They were responsible for this legislation in every which way it's framed, and it's packaged and delivered to politicians to then kind of reconstitute any way they do and then get it passed. So, yeah, it's going to be fantastic for them. And look at, look at why you know, everybody's sort of complaining in a consumer standpoint. It really would be pretty horrific because it's a simple example. In the U.K., it's gotten so extreme now that they can't afford so many different things that once you pass a certain age limit and both of your eyes are deteriorating, they test the eyes to figure which of the two is better. They operate on the one eye and they give you a patch to the other. Wow. So the, the <laughs> single-payer mentality degenerates in the end to a place that's not a pretty place. And so as a consequence, when you're letting you know, people get what they want, then you're going to have problems with these costs if they're being controlled. We've got uh, Jeff Cantor with us today. He is a fan. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.